you probably heard about the acronym back in May when the new regulation took effect. And uh, this buzz, I mean, some of the buzz has died down, uh, but you're still seeing lots of marketing, lots of uh, noise on, on how complex it is, how it's going to change how business operates. And I just want to do a quick session here so that we can uh, just uh, cut through the noise and help you have a better understanding of, okay, what is GDPR? Um, so with that, we're going to get started. So why don't we go over some quick facts first? So one, what does it stand for? GDPR, it stands for General Data Protection Regulation. And like I said, it took effect back in May of 2018. And basically, it's a data protection law, a data privacy law that was passed by the EU, the European Union, and it impacts all organizations that hold data about EU citizens. So you might be wondering, all right, did this regulation just pass out of the blue? Uh, was there something that it replaced? So uh, you should know that it actually replaced the Data Protection Act of 1998. So I'm based here in the US and historically, um, our friends in Europe have been the leaders at, uh, as it relates to data privacy matters. And GDPR actually builds on a previous regulation that they, that they had. So this previous re regulation it was called the Data Protection Act of 1998. And with the passing of GDPR, it actually builds on what used to be in place. And so 10 years later, there have been a number of changes that I would say triggered uh, our friends in Europe to pass GDPR. And let's, call, let's cover a, a few of those. So one, since, since the passing of data, the Data Protection Act, there has been a heavier reliance on technology. I don't know about you, but I actually use technology more and more. And whenever there is a power outage, whenever there is an internet outage, uh, it actually Im impacts uh, my, my, my day. Um, it introduces a level of inconvenience now, of course, this is first world problems, uh, but it just goes to show that, yes, like if, if, if power goes down, if the internet goes down, it impacts uh, how we carry out our, our day. And it starts to in introduce, for the most part, inconveniences. So that's one of the reasons that GDPR was passed. Another reason that GDPR was passed was uh, this heavier use of mobile devices. So I can remember, um, just even a year ago, I wouldn't, I wasn't relying so much on my phone like I do today. So, for example, yesterday I had to make a trip over there to that that down, downtown. So I, I'm based here in Chicago, and um, I I use my phone to one uh, figure out what was the fastest route to get to my destination. I pulled up my my phone to make a reservation. Uh, for my parking spot so that I don't have to be driving blocks and blocks uh, to find a decently priced spot. Uh, I prepaid that through my phone. And three, as I was driving, I downloaded a podcast. I, um, I, and that, and 
that just goes to, to show like, like I wasn't relying on my phone this much, uh, even a year ago. Uh, and the same way that I'm relying more on mobile technology, others have as well. Another reason that GDPR was passed. So there has been this increased collection of data about people, about our lifestyle, our preferences, our behaviors, our habits. And with that, there has been lots of investment uh, by organizations to collect this information, make sense of the information, and try to make better decisions uh, as, as it relates to what they're selling or, or what service or product they may, they may be providing. So because of so these are just some of the reasons some of the things that have triggered for gdpr to have passed and to build on the data protection act of 1998 and at the end of the day it's looking to provide you me everyone with more control over the use of personal information about us now uh so this particular law applies to uh, protecting the security and the privacy of personal information for EU residents and, citiz and citizens. But I have a feeling that uh, that the other countries, the other geographies will, will fo follow suit and we will probably be passing similar legislation in the, in the future. It's only a matter of time. And and just thinking about it from a consumer perspective, so this is what, what that actually means. Um, GDPR is looking to allow a person to determine, all right, how can an organization use data about me? It also provides the person with transparency, more transparency around how organizations are gathering information about you where they're uh, receiving it from and how they are using it. And with that transparency also comes this uh, choice. Uh, GDPR provides individuals with choice as to um, how, how you want organizations to use your personal information. Now, um, in future sessions, we'll talk more about uh, the consents that are available. We'll talk about more about the individual rights that GDPR affords. But at the end of the day, it's looking to uh, just provide uh, more transparency to the consumers as to how companies, how organizations are using uh, information about us. And it's providing that transparency so that it, as a consumer, we can choice we can choose if we want to continue to do business with uh, another organization. Um, we have the choice uh, to or fill out any type of form that collects information about us. And uh, if you're watching, so you might be uh, at an organization that knows that GDPR applies to them. Uh, you might be at an organization where um, you have heard about the acronym, but you're not quite sure if it applies to you and if it's and if it does, like to what extent and like, what does that actually mean? So as part of this episode and future episodes, we're going to be 
talking a little bit more about, okay, what does GDPR actually mean? Um, how do we uh, go through the process of uh, educating ourselves so that we can help implement this correctly at our organizations and provide you with just step-by-step -step process, step-by-step uh, -step, um, um, provide you with a roadmap so that you understand, all right, what are the steps that I have to follow? What's my first step? How do I carry that out? And then once I complete that, okay, what is my next step? And my next step and my next step. Over the last year, I've seen uh, lots of articles, lots of, of blog posts of just uh, repeating information that I've already heard. Uh, and I think that as um, as as individuals that are looking to help uh, our organizations to become GDPR compliant, uh, we need uh, more resources around. Okay, what what does that actually mean, and how do I get start started? Uh, just a little bit about myself. I am based here in Chicago. I've been in the IT tech space for the last. I don't know, 10 to 15 years. I am doing a data, I am a data security consultant and uh, GDPR has been something that my clients have been asking about and needing help with over the last year. I've been, uh, I've been involved in similar data security and data privacy initiatives in the past. So think HIPAA, think PCI, think uh, GLBA, and uh, my goal here with GDPR stand-up is to provide you uh, with just practical information. I've gone through uh, this, 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 this process with other laws and regulations, and I'm looking to share that with others. All right. So uh, before we close out this session, uh, I want to uh, uh, cover what I think is so something that is very important. So it may not be clear uh, if GDPR applies to your organization or not. So there's two ways that you can uh, overcome that. So one, uh, you can uh, reach out to your legal counsel and just ask them, hey, uh, does GDPR apply to us? And uh, depending on your organization, you might have access to a legal team, you might not. Uh, and if that is not an option for you at this time, uh, there are three there are three questions that I came up with that should help you uh, determine that. So uh, these are the three questions. And if you answer yes to any of these three questions, it means that GDPR very likely applies to you, and it makes sense for you to continue doing your due diligence. Okay, so let's start off with the first question. The first question is, are you located in the EU? Now, taking a step back here, GDPR applies to organizations. This could be a company, this can be a for-profit company, a not-for-profit organization. Um, so the question is, is your organization located in the e EU? The second question is, do you service the EU market? So, so me being in the US, I've seen and I work with lots of organizations that are based here in the US, but they have an international presence. And if your organization is servicing the EU market, 
the European Union, then it probably means that GDPR applies to your organization. And number three, uh, do you hold information about a living person that is from or living in the EU? So uh, what would be a good example? So there are lots of organizations that they may not collect information directly. Here, let me be receiving or collecting data about EU residents or citizens. And they may not be receiving that directly from the individuals, but they may be receiving that through a third party par par partner. So if your organization uh, receives personal data about EU citizens or residents, um, and you may be uh, obtaining that through a third party partner, uh, then uh, GDPR is very likely to also apply to you. So again, the three questions are, one, are you located in the EU, your or organization? Two, do you service the EU market? And three, do you hold information about a living person that is from or living in the EU? So if you answered yes to any of these three questions, continue with your due diligence because it's very likely that GDPR does apply to your organization. If and when you have access to legal counsel, um, go, engage them in the conversation so that you have uh, the most uh, correct inf information and so that you can make uh, informed decisions of, uh, about what you do next as it relates to G GDPR. So let, let's assume that, that you answered yes to one or more of those three questions. Um, you might be wondering, all right, well, what, what kind of data does GDPR apply to? Does it apply to all data that I'm collecting? Uh, data about people, data about my products, my services, uh, my employees, like where do I need to, to focus? So GDPR extends or applies to two types of personal, uh, two types of data. The first type would be personal data. And the second type would, would be special categories of personal data. So for the first, the, the first one, um, what would that include? So think of any piece of information that can be tied to a person. Some examples of data that would be classified as personal data under GDPR are things like a person's name, uh, some type of uh, account number, some type of uh, identifiers such as uh, your email address, where the person lives. Uh, so anything that can be tied to a person, uh, that would be classified as personal data. For special categories of personal data, this goes beyond that. So think of any piece of information that would re re reveal things like political opinions, religious uh, aff affiliations, uh, memberships to specific trade unions, information about, uh, about your sex life or preferences, um, things like, like that. So if you answered yes to one of the three questions and then um, 
as as I rattled out the examples of what would classify as personal data or special categories of personal data, I, I hope that gives you a better idea as as to like, okay, GDPR is not going to impact every piece of data that that you collect as an organization, but very specific ones. All right. So to wrap up, uh, you might be finding that this was beneficial. I hope that, that, that it was. And you might be wondering, all right, what do I do next? All right, so I have two steps for, for you. So the first one is, um, um, I, so we have great resources on our website. So just check us out, uh, gdprstandup.com. And there are two resources that I would point you to. The first one is the 10 GDPR components. What's that? So that's just a visual. Uh, it's something that I prepared as I was starting to learn this myself. Um, and it's basically GDPR broken down in, into 10 chunks. So that will give you a good idea as to what are all the chunks that are uh, that make up GDPR so that you can start to have an idea of the different things that might apply to your organization. Second reason I want to is uh, the our, our free course, uh, our free GDPR data inventory course. So if you go to our website and you just scroll to find the button that that says free data inventory course, uh, you can sign up for free. And what this is is. Um, so think of uh, data inventory as that first step. So before, um, before any organization starts to implement uh, GDPR in-house, I strongly recommend that, 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 that you don't uh, overlook this initial step. It's important to put together a data inventory because uh, what's inside your data inventory is what will ultimately uh, control, all right, which of the 10 GDPR components applies to your or organization. Now, it's a common uh, misconception that all organizations will have to do all things that are written in GDPR. That is not correct. GDPR has a number of requirements, but not all of the requirements are required for all organizations. And the only way that you can start to determine, okay, what applies to me and what does not is by putting together a data inventory. Uh, if you go to our, our, our website, uh, you can sign, sign up for that free course and we can get you started with your GDPR com compliance journey. All right, so that is it for today's session. Um, and just so you know, uh, so at the end of the, of the live stream, I'm going to add a link uh, in the comments section uh, in case you want to, in case you have a question and you want to submit that. We're going to be having future episodes with Q&A from our uh, listeners. And if there's a question that you want me to tackle, uh, just click on that link that'll direct you to a Google form. Uh, enter in your question, and we'd be happy to cover that in a future recording. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.